0: Welcome to the Conscious Healing Podcast with Mona Loring. This is a show that marries the mystical with the practical to help you with your spiritual healing. Whether you're newly curious about what's behind the veil or you're well into your spiritual journey, this show offers a grounded exploration into all you've been seeking. Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Conscious Healing Podcast. As always, I want to start off by sharing my gratitude in having you here with me today listening to this episode. And today I am bringing on a spiritual life coach. She's many, many more things and I'll go into that in a moment when I introduce her. But I felt like the next step into what I wanted on this podcast was to... Explore the world of coaching, but in a more intuitive way. And as I'll explain, Des Stevens is much more than a beautiful and very successful entrepreneur and life coach, but she's also a psychic. And I love how she has so many different thoughts and knows so many different things on so many different things and it's it's she's incredibly resourceful and I plan to bring her on again in the future a little bit more specifically tied to tips and life coaching but for this one I just wanted to bring her on and give you guys a general introduction to what life coaches are really about and what spiritual coaching is really about so I hope you enjoy this episode. Des Stevens is the founder and CEO of Radiant Coaches Academy, a division of Radiant Health Institute. It's a prominent international coach training school that certifies individuals to create vibrant professional private practices as holistic life coaches, wellness coaches, and business coaches. She is a certified and credentialed coach, master trainer, and marketing strategist. Des has coached professionally since 2005, And in 2012, interesting year, right? She founded Radiant Coaches Academy and has trained and certified nearly 500 students in 10 countries. Welcome to the podcast, Des. Hi. Why, thank you, Mona. I'm so excited to have you on. I love inviting my friends on the podcast because... We already have a rapport, and I know the listeners love the vibe of joining us on Thoughtful Conversations, and I always love chatting with you. I know. It's, it's always a pleasure. Oh, I feel like listeners are going to really love hearing about spiritual life coaching today, and I think that you always have some incredible insights, so if it's cool with you, I just want to jump in. Uh, can we start with you telling us a little bit about your story as a coach and how you got started and build up to how you built this amazing business of yours?
1: Sure. Well, I suppose it started in a way in childhood. I always thought about helping people. I didn't know what that would look like. I had a social worker stepmom. I had teachers I admired, and I thought about maybe becoming a nurse or a therapist or a, a, a dog wrangler. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew <laughs> I wanted to help. Animals and people and mm-hmm. nature, and all that. And so, I went into nonprofit work. And in my nonprofit work, I was very good at what I did. I was a fundraiser, and essentially, that's marketing. And I had a colleague turn to me one day, and she said, This would have been about 2003, she said, You would make an amazing life coach. Mm. And I thought, <laughs> Me, <laughs> like, why me? And I really didn't know what that was, honestly. And she said, well, you're so resourceful. You're so compassionate. You're so generous in your heart. And I think you would be amazing. So I, th- I thought, wow, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm a very good listener. So I don't think I'd be very good at that. <laughs> <laughs> And she said, well, in school, you'll learn how to listen to people. Mm. And I was like, sign me up. So I went to a school in San Diego I loved it. I was like a fish to water immediately. I officially became certified in 2005. So I've been doing this about 15 years professionally. And it just, I I was so grateful that there was like a thing for this, that there was actually an actual profession. And I started as a life coach. It was intuitive life coaching initially and then, mm. you know, after, yeah, I know and that no one was calling it that, 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 you know, back then, yeah. and it stems from me being an intuitive, you know, from a young age, I also knew that I was highly intuitive. My dad would say things to me like, oh, you inherited the gifts of my dad, you know, his father. So <clears throat> I was very confident in my intuitive work. I was very confident as a person. And I just thought, well, why wouldn't I use my intuition in my life coaching? So I did that. And then, honestly, after a couple of years, it got a little boring. Like, I was kind of feeling people were coming just to get kind of a psychic reading, and that felt a little off to me. So I went into marketing coaching, because that was my background. And I thought, hmm, I can show people how to market themselves. And I did that for about almost 10 years. And then I became a relationship coach. And then I became a business coach. And the beauty of all that is coaching is coaching. Right. So we can switch our demographic. We can switch the population we serve. So about eight years ago, after you know coaching for about seven years professionally, my husband turned to me and he said, "This was like at the dinner table. Um, you know, how you're always like with your marketing coaching, making people like rich and famous, and you know, you're you're building their businesses for them." And I was like, "Yep." And he said, "Well, why don't you do that for yourself?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. Oh, and the first thought that popped in my mind was coach training. Yeah. Because nothing existed at the time, still doesn't in the Mid South, which is where I live currently in Nashville, Tennessee. And, you know, here I had to go to San Diego, right, to get trained. And I had been recommending programs in Colorado. And I thought, wow, there's nothing here. So I started a pilot program at Vanderbilt University just to kind of test the water and oh my goodness it just has taken off since then and in eight years i have trained and certified over 500 coaches in 10 countries now Mm -hmm.
0: and it's an amazing school and i mean i have to say i chose to study with your school because i was in love with the holistic approach that you build mm -hmm. in your curriculum there so can you explain a little bit about the approach with your school and and tell us a little bit about the business
1: Yes, I'm really grateful that we've drawn in people like you, because merely calling it holistic coaching really draws people in that are interested in this. You know, first of all, they they wonder, what does that mean? Uh, Maybe they think it's related to holistic medicine, things Mm -hmm. like that. But for me, what it means is if I have a client and they come with an issue about money, let's say, I know that I cannot just coach about the money. I know that the money stress is affecting their body. It's affecting their relationships. I I cannot coach in isolation. So when someone says physically I'm stressed or emotionally I'm having issues or spiritually I'm off or mentally I'm off, I know that I have to coach all the other areas as well because they're all connected. And if if it shows up as physical stress, I also know that spiritually, mentally, and emotionally it was showing up before then. And that physically, if they're not paying attention to the other areas, it's going to show up there. So what I also consider that word to mean in terms of our training school is that we see our clients as whole. We do not see them as flawed. We do not see them as missing anything that they need to get to where they want to go. And what we're doing is we are facilitating and supporting them in getting there.
0: And I love that. And that really resonated for me as well, because with my background as a healer going into this, I already, I don't see anybody that I'm healing as flawed, even (laughs) though people would think, well, then what are you looking to fix? You know, and I'm not looking to fix anything. I'm just helping people get back into alignment. Right. And so that was what I thought was so amazing about what the premise behind what you guys teach was, you know, as far as you just are there to support. There's there's nothing to judge. You know Everybody's perfect in their own right, and they're just coming for a way to grow. Right. And there's nothing to fix. You yeah. know, this is
1: what helps clients understand that they might be in pain right now. They might have a suffering of sorts. They might have a challenge that they're facing, but there's really nothing to fix. There's certainly nothing to judge about it. This is part of the life cycle. So coaches um, are great at just being there side by side, hand in hand, getting that client to an understanding of their own life.
0: I love that. So how would you explain the difference? You said, you know, obviously any coaching is, they all blend together, right? Because it's all under, within the same premise, I guess I would say. But how would you explain the difference between spiritual life coaching and traditional life coaching for those who are wondering what spiritual life coaching is specifically? Well, well
1: well-trained life coaches and spiritual life coaches, for that matter, are using tools and techniques. We use an intuitive process, which frankly makes coaching pretty easy when you use your intuition. But traditional (laughs) life coaching, which has been about around 40 years or so, it's been around, that is someone coming to a coach saying, this is an issue with my life. You know, maybe I'm not getting along with my boss. Maybe I'm having issues in my marriage. Maybe I don't feel good. Maybe I have headaches. Maybe I don't want to, you know, be here anymore. It can, you know, it can be anything and spiritual life coaching, just because it's called that is drawing in two types of people. One is the spiritual seeker. And this is someone who's like, Hmm spiritual life coaching, I need to do, I need to do some of that. I don't even, I don't even know why. Um, Mm -hmm. The other part of that is someone who's feeling disconnected spiritually. So a, a quote, regular life coach can also obviously talk about spiritual matters, but spiritual life coaching starts with the premise that someone is either feeling connected or disconnected spiritually. And maybe they don't even know who they are spiritually. Maybe they don't, find uh, a spiritual context in their life. Maybe they don't feel that there's something larger than themselves. And of course, this has nothing to do with religion, but someone might also be questioning their religious practices, their beliefs, transitioning maybe out of religion into something that's non-religious. Oh my, there are so many subjects to cover here, but that title, A Spiritual Life Coach, is really someone who is open and willing, ready and able to support a client who wants to have a conversation about their spirituality.
0: And what are some things that a spiritual life coach goes over with someone who's seeking a spiritual life coach session?
1: Well, here's the beauty of coaching. We always follow the client. So let's say I have a client who says, you know, I was raised in church. I hear that a lot here in the South in the the US, you know, I was raised in church and I really question the denomination I'm in, or, you know, just the way that my church mandates things, or maybe I have some trauma from, from the church, and I question it. And I'm really considering, let's say, going to another church, or maybe I'm getting married, and my spouse is a different religion, Mm -hmm. or is not religious, and there's questions around that. Maybe it's someone who feels like God doesn't have their back, or... The expression a lot of people say is, oh, the universe has your back. So they might question that. What does that mean? What is the difference between God and the universe? I don't know what I believe. I think I know what I believe. I feel this way. You know, there's, I mean, oh, my goodness. There's so much to cover. So really, mm-hmm. as a coach, we just listen. You know, we, they start the conversation. We ask open-ended questions that get them further in their own conversation, so, a spiritual life coach is not going to lead anyone, not going to give advice about spiritual matters, but we're opening them up to their own exploration. So, someone might, <clears throat> in the dialogue with a coach, consider, you know, I've really been considering trying a different method here. You know, I'm, I'm considering not going to church for a while, or I'm considering starting to go to church for the first time, or you know, I really find um, I have a client who loves. She she says. You know where my church is? The tree in my backyard. That's where I go to church. <laughs> and so maybe there's a, a family or a community um, that is disagreeing with their uh, experimenting of their life spiritually, right? Mm-hmm. But really, it's about the inside. You know, someone usually comes with an issue, like a circumstance. But what we learn as coaches is coach the client, not the circumstance. You know, coach, there's a great book out, a new book out called coach. Oh, what is it called? Coach, the coach, the person, not the problem. Mm. So we're not going to talk about the details of what they're bringing up. We're just going to go back to them. So what is meaningful to you about this? Um, Tell me what about this matters to you? You know, where do you see yourself in a month in this context? you know, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What do you need right now? What are you seeking? Right? These are open-ended questions. We're not closed questioning, right? A closed question would be like, well, which church would you like to go to instead of the church you're going to? Right. So that's an assumption. We don't, first of all, we don't make assumptions as coaches, well-trained coaches don't. So if someone says God or the Bible we, we don't make assumptions that God means Christianity, that mm-hmm. the Bible is, you know, the Judeo-Christian Bible. We, have, we make no assumptions. So when someone says, well, I'm mad at God. Okay, well, let's talk about the anger. You know, we don't have to ask about what church they go to, if they go to church, what religion they are, what denomination they are. That's not the exploration we go toward. We just follow them. So I actually have a lot of clients who are what I would call transitioning spiritually. It's more like a transmutation, but they're opening up. They're saying, you know, I feel more than what I used to feel. I wonder about my life spiritually. I wonder about myself as a spiritual person. So it's not like we have a checklist (laughs) or like a book we're going to recommend necessarily. Right. Although we can recommend, you know, we can be a resource to people, but really it's just an exploration. And even in one hour of coaching, someone can get from, I'm not sure what's going on here to I'm much more clear about who I am as
0: a spiritual being. And that leads into, even though you've basically answered it, but I feel like sometimes it's helpful for listeners to hear you directly answer this question. So that leads into the difference between a life coach and a therapist. And obviously you don't usually see a spiritual therapist, at least I don't know of any, but so spiritual life coaching is a little different in itself with that. But in general, I found that when I was talking to people about life coaching, so many were like, oh, so it's like a therapist without like some sort of degree. And I was like, no. (laughs) So how would you explain it? Even though, again, I I already caught, you know, bite-sized versions of that answer already, but just to give people the direct answer to the question.
1: So counseling and therapy, they are so well-trained to talk about the past. We, We often have a trauma, a pain that is in our childhood. Maybe it happened a year ago. Maybe it happened decades ago. And we're really unresolved about it. And therapists go into the past really well. They're highly trained to do that. What coaches are trained to do is to talk about the future. And what we mean by that is the immediate future. So, how are you feeling right now, today, in this moment? What are your thoughts in this moment? You know, uh, where do you want to be tomorrow? Where do you want to be later today? <laughs> what do you need a week from now in this relationship or in this job or in this? marriage or whatever it is so coaches are are sensitive to the past uh the client will come with a history and a background sometimes of their past but we lean them toward the future we lean them into right here right now and moving forward so coaches are really great at goal centric conversations and human exploration conversations as in hmm wow, I never thought about it that way. What do I want tomorrow? You know, we're so focused on the faraway future. Mm -hmm. And many of us are nostalgic or reminiscent or in pain about the past. But a coach brings you right in the present moment and gets you into about 18 months into the future, thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next month, setting goals, you know, for three weeks away, three months away. I don't go much further out than 18 months into the future, unless the client really wants to set, let's say, a five-year goal or something. I'm just right here in the moment with them, and we're going to do it step-by-step, taking those moments and those minutes that turn into hours and days and weeks and months and things really start moving.
0: And what do you do with a client that doesn't know the I don't know person who, (laughs) you know, because it's so common, right? A lot of people who need help don't even know what they want. They don't even know why they're there, right? And so what do you do with the I don't knows? And obviously, that's where the brilliance of training, I assume, would come in, right? And it's about asking them the right questions to get to where they might know something. But what would you say if you come in and you start asking me the questions you just said, and I just keep saying to you, Des, I don't know. I don't know. I love the I don't know clients. I just love them. <laughs> so one of my
1: first knee-jerk responses when I first became trained, and many of us have been life coaching before we came trained in it, the training just puts this beautiful structure. We learn legalities. Okay. And like you said, the difference between counseling and coaching is very important to know. So when someone says, I don't know, early in my coaching, I would say, well, what do you know? You know, what do you know instead of not knowing? And then I realized after a couple of years that that was a little bit of judgment that someone, when they're saying, I don't know, I'm asking them, it, it almost feels like a very Oprah kind of question. And I'm not trying to say o- Oprah's judgmental, but just kind of talk show, like, well, what do you know? You know? <laughs> But what I've learned <laughs> more after I've been doing this many, many years is great. So what if you did know? And the subtlety of that question is more open. So what it does is it opens a possibility for a client to say, Hmm, well, if I did know, what would I know? So I'm opening their mind. I'm opening their heart and it's just, it's almost like volleyball or badminton. You know, I'm lobbing a ball over to them and they can send it back or not. And maybe even in the session, it's not clear, but as they're driving home or as they click off of a zoom with me, maybe they're washing the dishes or taking a shower. And typically it is about water. I always get my clients like, oh my gosh, you know, I took a shower and boom, there it was, or I went to the ocean or something <laughs> totally. like that. So, That seed that you planted as in, well, if I did know, what would I know? Just opens up everything. And, uh, you know, maybe an hour later, a week later, I'm going to hear back from my client. They're going to say like, oh, I just got one. (laughs) The light bulb went off. And sometimes in the session, it's beautiful, too, because they usually that I don't know, I don't know is I don't want to know or I don't know how to know. Or I don't want to tell you what I know. <laughs> it's almost like a willingness that's not there or a readiness that's not there, yeah. an ability, a capability. So I hear that as I'm not sure how to answer that question. I have compassion for someone who says, I don't know. Whereas many moons ago, I was like, hmm, I, I felt like they were holding back, you know, I, and that was just making it about me. So I have learned keep it about them and keep it lighthearted,
0: and just invite them to figure out what they do know. I love that you said about, you know, realizing when you're making it about you, because that's the last thing anyone in any of these positions should be doing. You know, it's always about the client and not projecting your own thoughts or your own insecurities or your own frustration onto them. And of course, if someone doesn't know, that's exactly why they're there for you to help unlock that. So I love that you brought that up because that's so important to just bring it back to them, you know, and well, what would you know? I love that. And so what's, what's the kind of answer somebody would say to that?
1: There's a long pause usually. <laughs> yeah,
0: Cause it's, it's an interesting question. When you asked yes. it, I was like, "Yes, I don't have an answer for that right now. I would have maybe said, I don't know to you, Des.
1: Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> So the beauty of a great coach training is you learn to ask questions and then you learn to pause. And pausing is energetic, by the way. It's not just about not talking. It's about opening up the energy to allow them the space to answer the question. They're not going to have an immediate response verbally. So maybe they'll think, maybe they'll feel, maybe they'll do both. Holistic coaching covers the head, the heart, the gut, and the root So I might say, you know, what is your gut saying right now about, you know, what you know or what you might know? What is your head saying? You know, what is your heart saying? I'm not going to ask all four at the same time, but Mm -hmm. I'll go somewhere. My intuition will take me somewhere. So it might be easier for them to think about it coming from their heart. And that might be a person that is more intellectual in their conversations. And I can tell they're in their head a lot. So I will ask them an emotional question to balance them out or maybe i can tell that they're not not connected to their body and i'll go more into the root area of their body maybe i'll do some somatic work because their body knows but maybe their mind doesn't feel like it knows right now so there's always this you know answer like hmm okay well and it's almost like a pretending it's like an imagination opening like Oh huh, well, if I did know, well, maybe I would know that I need to, I don't know, be more patient. Or if I did know, maybe I would want to try this. And it's its like they they start playing with it. It's like more of a childlike energy. And I might even say that, well, let's just pretend like, you know, what would you know, if it was a pretend? <laughs> you know, let's just throw something out here. Yeah, and whatever, however, they respond. That was that subconscious just bubbling to the surface coming out yeah right. it's beautiful
0: and so this this blend in it's amazing how you it's like you say something and it's blending in my next question for you it's perfect so obviously you've mentioned that you know you use your intuition with your sessions but I also know that you're more than what we would label necessarily an intuitive you're pretty darn psychic lady and so (laughs) do you blend in your intuitive readings with your sessions, or do you see if a client maybe wants that separately? Do you bring it up separately to them? And, you know, I remember the first call I ever had with you, you started telling me some (laughs) crazy, amazing stuff. So how do, how do you, how do you play with that with your, with your coaching work? This
1: is what I have learned over 15 years. If you call it intuitive anything, this is what people expect. So currently I am an intuitive entrepreneur coach And what I mean by that is I'm going to coach you, you're an entrepreneur, and I'm going to use my intuition. So the clients that are drawn to me want me to channel, they want me to tell them what I'm seeing, what I'm sensing. And that in part is more consulting than coaching. And I actually do both in the session. I divide the session 30 minutes, 30 minutes. I coach for 30 minutes, and then I consult for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And the intuition part works more in the consulting. So right. it's not like, well, this is going to happen. It's more like, so I see there's a possibility of blank, blank, blank. And they're like, yeah, you know, that, that is happening. So, again, it's more of a information is coming forth versus information is here for you to follow. And I learned this mistake uh, the hard way when I first started coaching. I did not call it intuitive life coaching at first. I just called it life coaching.
0: Mm-hmm. And for
1: someone like me, my gifts are primarily clairvoyant. So I literally can see things. And I had a client once did not call it intuitive life coaching, just life coaching. (laughs) And I could see all this stuff. And I wasn't holding back because it's, you know, it will make me sick if I hold it back. And she just kind of looked at me like, Whoa, like, I never said any of that to you, you know, all this information that I could clearly see, but she had not divulged to me. And it was just that awkward moment of like, oh, yeah, that's probably not what she signed up for. It's making her uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Ultimately, it it is exactly what she wanted. But in that moment, like, whoa, you can see inside my soul. (laughs) (laughs) And it was actually something I saw about her brother and I just named him. And she said, "I, I never told you my brother's name. And I thought, oh, you know, so (laughs) what I learned, that's when I started calling it intuitive life coaching, because then it was right away. I'm saying I am an intuitive. I am using my intuition. So then I had a lot of clients come forth and they were basically like, when am I going to get married and how many babies am I going to have and that kind of stuff. And I was just very clear on the front end of the session. I'm going to life coach you. I am certified, I'm following core competencies and code of ethics through the International Coaching Federation, and I'm going to utilize my my intuition. So if I see something that I think can benefit you, I'm going to share it with you. Are you open to that? And they would be like, yes, (laughs) tell me all the things you see. So that was really fun for a while. But like I said, it it started feeling a little bit more like people wanted an intuitive reading. And that's not what I was setting up for myself. And so I had to lean away from that. I used to have girlfriends that would say to me, do you know how much money you could make if you, you know, did this more like a psychic reading? And I said, I don't think that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. I just don't feel that that is my calling. So I love doing intuitive entrepreneur coaching because I work with small businesses and people wanting to start a business or people getting to the next level of their business. And I can literally see opportunities for them. I can see that the way someone is going to look if in a meeting next week, someone's name might come up and I might say, yes, please pay attention to, you know, Nancy. If you meet a Nancy within the next week, that's a great connection for you. Um, maybe they're talking about, oh, I'm going to sign a deal with so-and-so and I might get all like, mm. You know, like that might not be the best Mm -hmm. route for you. Have you considered blank? And I'm not gonna tell them yes or no to anything. I'm not going to tell them what to do. Right. But I can sense what is positive or negative for them in their business.
0: Absolutely. And I that resonates a lot with the work I do too, because when I first started my healing business, I, you know, first and foremost, I've been a medium and a psychic before anything else, before I even knew how to see energy and work with energy. And it was so interesting because once I actually launched the business and, and started to work with people outside of, you know, my close circle, I would get a lot of questions like, Oh, can you just, you know, can I do a psychic reading with you? And it just didn't resonate. I always felt like I have to bring it back to healing. For me, it always has to go back to healing. And for me, it has to do with removing traumas that people are holding onto their bodies energetically and people were like, really, like, what difference does it make? You're, you're getting, you know, my session includes psychic work and it just wasn't the same. So I can totally understand what you're saying. And isn't it interesting when you just know, you know, it's not your mission. You're, it's just supposed to help you with the mission.
1: You're bringing up such a great point because I do think the gifts we hold intuitively are designed to be blended with something else and don't live in isolation. You know, if we just had a gift uh, to, um, I don't know, uh, extol, you know, information that we, mm-hmm. we see, that's, I don't know, there's just something very flat about that. But when I think about, ooh, I can do consulting and coaching, utilizing my intuition. In fact, I'm writing a book called The Intuitive Entrepreneur. Ooh, and this love. is about, <laughs> this is about you are intuitive, so you can use this in your business. And a lot of people don't think they're intuitive. And that's part of why I'm writing this book is to help people realize in what way they are intuitive. Maybe they don't see things, but that doesn't mean they're not intuitive. Right, right. So, you know, it's a lot
0: about what the mainstream thinks intuition is. I love that. That's going to be a great book. That's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the most important piece of advice right now you can give to the listeners on how to deal with everything that's been going on right now the societal pressures the stress the anxiety the fact that people feel like we're leading up to some difficult times even though we've been living them what do you have to say to everybody as far as how they can deal with it
1: wow well we certainly are living in unprecedented times you know I think I have a two-part answer to that okay the first part is you better plan something pretty amazing for 2021 and 2022 (laughs) because you have the benefit of a contemplative period of your time, your energy, and your space to make amazing plans for yourself. The other part of that is a little more immediate, like just Just take it moment by moment. You know, I, I, for me, I've been home for six months and I travel so much normally that I have, I cannot even think of the last time I was ever home for six months. Yeah. So I just have to take it, you know, day by day, moment by moment, minute by minute. And I'm just... You know, it's bittersweet because when we feel good during a pandemic or coaching, for example, is booming right now because people need it more than ever, Mm -hmm. coach training is booming right now because people are finally becoming a coach when they've been considering becoming Mm -hmm. a coach now that they have more time and energy. And when I talk to peers and I say, wow, you know, my business is doing really well, there might be this, like, whoa, you can't say that because so many people are suffering. Right. So there, there's kind of this bittersweet, you know, you want to feel positive, but you almost feel guilty if you do. Yeah. So I would just say, you know, moment by moment, enjoy this internal landscape that we're all, you know, trimming right now. And to remember that this is a collective experience we're going through. Have compassion for yourself. Have compassion for others. That's the best.
0: That's the best I can do right now. Yeah, I think that's great advice, and I think that it's been such an interesting time of transformation for everybody, right? And and even I find that the ones that have chosen not to change, that's been their own transformation as well, because making the mm. decision not to change is a transformation right it sure now. True, you know, it's a big decision and right there. It's 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 been so. Interesting to hear everybody's story. I've never been more fascinated with just asking someone, How are you doing? Mm -hmm. and how's your day? than you know, in the past, it was always just kind of like, Hey, how's it going? you know, and it's like, Good, how are you? you know, and it's just like a formality. And now I was actually thinking about this literally this morning, where when the pandemic first hit, I was talking to my team, my PR team, and we were like, You know, wow, we're actually asking people how they're doing and we're we want to know, we want to really know, are you safe? Are you healthy? Are you okay? And you know, it's, it's remained that way for me very much so. And I feel like these are all shifts that people aren't really thinking about, but they've changed us little tiny things like that, that have changed us. And I keep praying and hoping that we all just come together. And and it's been such a big thing for me, the theme of community, in 2020 and really building our communities up. And, and, you know, I was so excited to launch this podcast and bring my community of people like you that I want everybody else to know about together and just for people to know where they can turn to for positive people that are like-minded.
1: You know, I think people also forget how much power they hold in sending others love. You know, the California and West Coast fires, for mm-hmm. example. There are many people that normally would physically go to help, but you physically can't go to certain places to help. Mm -hmm. For example, I would love to go to Central America right now. I can't, I literally can't, I can't go to Canada. I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't leave my country. So there's this, okay, so what can I do? Well, maybe you can send a prayer, you know, maybe you can meditate for others. Maybe you can do that for yourself. You know, it's definitely a more community bonding right now, but if you literally just send love to the people who live in California and the West coast going through the wildfires right now. That's a lot.
0: It is a lot. It makes such a big difference. And it's, I've never mentioned and thought about the conscious collective as much as I have since the pandemic. And I feel like it's so important for everybody to get on board with, you know, positive and and love energy vibes, because that is how we're going to raise our conscious collective together instead of being in this fear. And I think it's really going to help people move forward in beautiful ways. But it's tough, because there's so much out there. That's the opposite of that. There's so much fear. And even I find myself like getting really into like different theories about what's going to happen and what people think. And I always have to kind of pause myself and say, Okay, that was enough, you know, my curiosity is enough. And I did enough of that, and now I need to go and meditate and, and work on my raising my vibe again, because it's a lot that's out there, and it's affecting everybody. So I think that that's beautiful that you say that, and it's very needed, is just, you know, like, when, I forget what it was, I think it might have been during the uh, Black Lives Matter movement uh, that we had in June, obviously, it's still going on, but you know, when it first launched in June, and people saying, you know, it's not enough to just say, you know, that you you're sorry and send love. And I actually disagree with that. I think that as long as you are holding that vibration, and you are sending love, it does so much more than people can ever imagine. And it goes far beyond a post that someone might feel like, you know, oh, I feel pressured to post right now, I'm going to post whatever it is. And it's like, no, where your heart is, and where your love is, and what you're actually thinking and putting out in the world has so much more weight. And it can move mountains, really, And not just, you know, a single pulse. So you feel like, you know, okay, I did my part. Absolutely. This, you know, science supports exactly what you're saying.
1: I love the experiments, the intention experience that Mm. Lynn McTaggart does in England. And it literally measures sending love to a child in a hospital, sending healing energy to a war-torn country. And this is very powerful. So you can do your part. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. You can do it in all areas. And maybe it's not physical right now. And maybe it's something energetic online. But you can do your part. And also not acting is also okay. We're in a really big self-judgment, you know, period right now. And if you don't want to post right now and you don't know what you want to say and you're not sure if you're going to say it okay, that's okay. You know, it's okay to wait. To 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 know when it's right for you to act
0: and speak and believe and think what you want, and right. that's okay. It's all okay. That's that's the main thing. Is just start where with where you're really at, and accept yourself first, and then choose what you could do to contribute from there. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like I'm, I have a different route that I want to, I'm going to talk to you about offline (laughs) on what I want to bring you back on to talk about, because you are so wise and I always love what you have to share, but to end this, can you please let everybody know where they can find you online and on social media?
1: Absolutely. So radiantcoaches.com is the best way to find out about my coach training school We are Radiant Coaches Academy and DesStevens.com is more information about me and pretty much on social media. It's either Stevens or Radiant
0: Coaches, um, you know, all the handles. Perfect. And I'll put that in my show notes as well. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Des. I adore you and I really appreciate your time. Oh, well, I just, I just love connecting with you at any time. So thank you so much. Thank you, honey. Have a great one. You too. Bye-bye. I hope this was a really great introduction for you on the world of coaching, whether you've considered going into coaching or if you've considered hiring a coach. As Des explained, it's really different than therapy in the fact that it is about the future and not about the past and going over the past. And I found that when I was going through my training, it was really awesome because I, although I am obviously nowhere near a therapist, I deal with the past through releasing trauma held in the body with my shamanic work and my energy work. And then I found that helping people with the future, it was really great having life and spiritual coaching uh, education, as well as obviously bringing in my intuitive work and my psychic readings for people who want more insight on what to do with their futures. So I think that if you are considering a new occupation, you really want to help people, you connect with people, you can listen well, life coaching could be a really great new you know, place for you to explore a career. And if you've been thinking about how you're stuck in a rut and you don't really know what to do and it's not really about talking about your past, you've worked out your past, it's not holding on to anything like that but you just don't know how to get maybe motivated into the next steps in your future, you might want to consider life coaching and then hiring a life coach. And if you're listening to this podcast, I highly recommend you find an intuitive life coach, perhaps like Des, she's amazing. And really looking into how someone can help you figure out what you want instead of being told what to do. I think that's what's really beautiful about life coaching. The really great life coaches know how to bring out what it is you truly desire within your subconscious and intuitively and your soul's purpose. And it guides you on the steps to take forward into creating that as a reality for you and your future. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what you heard, Please take a moment to subscribe and rate and review it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'd really appreciate that. You can also find me on Instagram at healingwithmona and visit my website at www.conscioushealingco.com and send me a message there if you want to work with me one-on-one. Until next time, this is Mona Loring signing off and sending you all the good vibes.